Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 141. Our Sunday worship service for November 17th, 2019 is What Now? It is the seventh and final in the series Meaning Fulfilled. Everything we do is practice. Our faith can make it perfect. So our scripture today, Matthew 25, 23, this is short enough. Let's say it together. You were faithful with a I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. This is the secret prosperity principle that makes everything work. It's because we've talking we've been talking about the idea that God is here and now, right? Kind of the big deal. You know, that that makes us a little bit different from a lot of places you can go on Sunday morning that talk about the idea that God is somewhere. Pack your bags, but He ain't here. We've got to build walls so that the outside world can't get into our belief system or anything else that starts with BS. But if we believe that God is here and now, heaven is in our midst and all of those things that we talk about, it stands to reason that the next logical step is that in order to be more like what we were made to be, we've got to use what God has given us here and now. If now. Use what God has given you here and now to make the world a better place, to make you a better you, all of it. You've been faithful with a little. I'm going to put you in charge of a lot. That's the deal. And as I say, this is the idea for some people. Ask yourself. Am I absence-oriented or am I presence-oriented? Think about it. There are a lot of people that spend their life trying to fill a hole about that. It is a central theme of this series. But just following up on that moment of review, if all you're trying to do is fill a hole, all you're going to manifest is more emptiness. You get what faithfully. If you use anger faithfully, you will get more opportunities to be upset. I do not recommend you try this at home. I've tried it. It's not great. Whatever you use, you're going to get more of universal principle. So again, am I absence-oriented or am I presence-oriented? I remember being a little kid and every time there'd be one of those movies where the sheriff rides off into the sunset at the end of the movie. And I mean, think about it. Universal hero story archetype. So think about how many movies that happens. The bad guys are vanquished. The, you know, the, the bandits are beaten up. You know, whatever the movie is. Will Smith has done a thing. Tommy Lee Jones has done a thing. And there's that moment at the end where the hero has to go away riding off into the sunset. And I remember as a child thinking how sad that was. I just want them to stay and be in the town. You finally got it cleaned up. Where are you going? Maybe you felt that way too. Ask yourself, how do I respond to that moment when the hero rides off into the sunset? Because as a child, I responded with sadness. But as I grew, as I became more mature, still got some growing to do, but I figured this much out. Sunset in one place is sunrise somewhere else. That should be embroidered on something. But I mean, think about it. 
The truth is, you want the hero to ride off into the sunset because this town, go clean something else up. we got a whole world to fix. More than that, those townspeople have gotten to the place where know it or not and like it or not, they have outgrown the need for someone else to take out their garbage for them. Town keeps the town people sick, if you know what I mean. Let us be the kind of people who do not think about the absence, but who instead understand that the hero's story is not a story of leaving. The hero's story is a story of return. That sunset in one place is a sunrise somewhere else. Put another way, I can be the kind of person that is continually fixated on this empty hole. I can be the continually fixated on what am I going to get out of this proposition? How much money is in it for me? Who's going to like what I do? Am I going to get good ego boost out of this? Do I get to be right because right's really important to me? Don't care about happiness. What do I get out of it? And I got to tell you that that's something I see a lot in quote-unquote progressive churches. There's a lot of this, you know, I read the Law of Attraction and it tells me that I'm supposed to think about what I do. If I do my prayer time right, I get a new car. If I do my prayer time right, people will like me. If I do my prayer time right, everybody's going to talk about how cool my crystals are or whatever. Is that the end-all and be-all of spirituality? Is that the point of my relationship with God is what I can get out of it? Half of the secret or one of those books. It sounds right, but it's not. Here's why. If all I think about is what I can get out of the situation, I am absence-oriented. What I'm really afraid I don't got. And you get what you use faithfully. If you use your absence faithfully, God goes, I guess this is what you want. <laughs> Weird, but okay, here we go. And you know it because you tried it. I know it because I've tried it. This is an absence-oriented proposition and it will create an empty feeling forever. But what if the metaphor, instead of what can I get out of this, is how can I serve? What with what God has given me? Look, everybody in this room and everybody watching on the internet has been all kinds of places, is working on all kinds of things. Some people have a lot of money, some people are not working on that. Some people have a lot of good health situations about the doctor. There's all kinds of things going on, but no matter where you've been and no matter who you are right now, what you do have only came from God. So you can curse what you don't have. I get it. I too, but I also know it doesn't help. Whatever you do have, whether it feels big or small, came from God, and the question becomes, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with it? What if I live in a little bit of trust? What if for every action, that reaction, like it says, this is a thermodynamic, mechanical, spiritual, philosophical, psychological, universal truth. If I focus on putting out my good, my love, my truth, whatever small gift, the universe will take care of the return. But if I spend all my time thinking about the reaction, there's never any action to start with, and all it is is boring. Put another way. Do about it. What are you going to do about it? 
Whatever it is, what are you going to do about it? This beauty, this love, this heartache, what are you going to do about it? Because if you do something, something will happen. It's not magic, but it sure is beautiful. Christmas is coming, as we have been reminded. I'm excited about that. I really am. I love that. I love that in so many ways. But one of the things that I think about a lot is the thing that happens when you give somebody a present and maybe they're intimidated or they don't feel like they're worthy of the gift. You ever been in that situation? Maybe you've been the receiver, but one way or the other. When you give, oh, this is so nice. I have to put this away. That sounds right. It sounds polite, but it's actually pretty rude. I gave you this thing. I want you to play with the toy, so to speak. Use the thing. Show it up. Glue it, man. Whatever it is. Use the thing that you've been given. As we have said so many times, the best way to show gratitude is to use what you've been given. Putting it on a shelf is kind of rude. And I say that... I don't know where you've been, but I bet you at one time or another, you went to a church that told you to do exactly that with what God has given you. Put it on a shelf. Save it for whatever comes next. Don't do anything now. There's people who could use your help. Yeah, of course you could do some growing. Yeah, of course you could have a life with a little less heartache in it and a little more beauty. But you know what? Save all those gifts. Get some spiritual Tupperware. That feels to hide your light under a bushel. Perhaps that's why we've been told not to do it. That piece of scripture, you've been put in charge of a little, I will make you in charge of a lot, is saying use what you've been Let me spell it out in a little bit of a different way. You ready? Everything is use it or lose it. Everything is use it or lose it. He says, getting some coffee. Um, Think about it. Your life is a story of this. I bet you can think of times when you held back on something and then you had less opportunity to use it. I bet you can think you even felt overextended, but you know what, here we go. And it worked out. Everything, physically, emotionally, romantically, economically, everything is use it or lose it. And, and you know, lose it is, is a shorthand. Lose anything, we believe in redemption and healing. You can always get it back. But if you treat something disrespectfully, it's harder and harder to use it in your life. Let's say it that way. Everything is use it or lose it. Peter never has a second cup of coffee at home. I think so often the challenge that people have is a challenge of right relation. Using the right thing for the right you know. Sometimes people treat the gifts that God has given them like there's only so many and they're going to run out. And on the other hand, they treat the time that God has given them like there's just an infinite amount of it. So they go, you know what, I'm going to for just the right person. I'm going to save my best self for just the right situation when I know I'm going to get validated, for example. Because there's always more time. I'll do it later. I'll do it when the right time. So they treat time like it goes on forever. And they treat these gifts like there's only a few of them and I'm going to run out of it, speaking. And that 
is exactly 180 degrees wrong. The gifts you have been given. It might seem like you got them from heredity or you got them from the job, you got them from this situation know that God is your source, right? So however many intermediaries, it came from God or it ain't in your life. And if it came from God, it is infinite. What if I treat the things that God has given to be used? What if that? And what if in God there's only right now, so no more waiting? Now think about how many times in your life you waited for just the right time. Did that ever work out? There's no right time. We've talked about this. There is never enough money. I've had people say, we're going to wait till we have our whole lives in order before we have kids. That's so wrong on so many levels. For one thing, kids will ruin that order so wonderfully. One of my favorite musicians, a guy named Jonathan Colton, has a song he wrote for his little daughter Said that's, that's called You Ruined Everything in the Nicest Possible Way. <laughs> now, but more than that, think about the times in your life that have been particularly meaningful, when you fell in love, when you work. The definition of a miracle really involves that it is a surprise, that it's bigger than my expectation. So what happens if I am open to the idea that I don't know what happens next? Because in God, there's only right now, and so right now I'm just going to do the next thing. Am I worried about, am I going to get enough love? Well, God is love. Am I worried that I'm going to get enough life? Well, God is life. Am I worried that it's not going to work out? Well, what if it wasn't my job to make it work out? What if I let God do God's job? Wow! If I just show up and do the next right thing. This is not complicated. We make it complicated to sell books. <laughs> Buy my book. It's on Amazon. But the thing is, it, it's not. Do the next right thing. And you'll know it's the right thing when it leaves you open to surprise. This is a good test. Am I open or am I closing down? That's the thing. But when you think about the hero story, that you, when the hero, everything's going okay until around the middle of Act 2, and then something really dumb happens. You see it in every movie. Luke Skywalker and the gang have escaped the Death Star, and Princess Leia says, something's wrong, and Han Solo kid. Because the, the real thing's about to happen. Or in the horror movies, when you think the bad guy is dead, and then the music changes, and you know you're in trouble. Universally, the hero story involves that moment when the hero says, what a good boy am I. And that is exactly the moment when the wheels fall off. Because it's not about you. Like I said, if it's in your life, it comes from God. So let us not be the kind of people that go, look what a great manifester I am. That's not what it's about. Of course manifestation happens. Get out of the way of it. It's not about what you did. God did it. This is a seven-week series, and if you look back, each and every step in the series corresponds to the days of creation. So today is week seven, and that is the Sabbath. The day when we celebrate the thing that has happened. The day when we behold, look at this! It is good and very good! 
that's different than saying, I am good and very good. Of course you are, you're a child of God and all that, but let's not get hung up on that. Take a moment to appreciate the beauty of life. It's not about ego stuff anymore. It's about... There's a difference between being delighted and being amazed. I went to a church one time where at the end of church they go, God is amazing. And it sounds cool to say that. I like that. It's fun. But you need to be surprised that God showed up. <laughs> Am I going to be more or less adaptable to miracles? If I'm continually, hey God, you did it. Let me put it this way. If my son comes down all dressed, ready to go, and I go, wow, you did it. Am more or less of a functional adult. Oh, you really, you came through this one time. That's bad parenting, right? He's awesome, and I'm picking on him just because he's sitting there. He's a lot better than I am. But the point is, if I go, oh, wow, God, through, I'm amazed. Don't be amazed. Be delighted. In that creation story, it says, the Spirit of God moved out across the waters. And that from the same root word as the word breath. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit is that holy breath. Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Over and over again, the metaphor of God is all around you, but you can't see it, but it's that breath. That breath is a metaphor for your interaction with God. And sometimes people are too scared to breathe in. And sometimes people are too scared to breathe out. But if you just let go, things tend to work out. A Don't be surprised that you're breathing. <laughs> be delighted. Give thanks. But don't be surprised anymore. Just breathe it in. Just trust that process. And I know that that's... Well, I, I'm not good at trusting. Well, remember, everything is use it or lose it. So if you tell me you're not good at trusting, you better start trusting. It's only going to get harder otherwise. I'm not good at receiving love. Get good at it. Come to church. <laughs> we'll help you. Get good at the thing. You're allowed to get good at the thing. You're supposed to get good at the thing. The world needs you to get good at that thing. Get good at trusting it. And look, put it this way. I mean, the worst thing that can possibly happen if everything just and you don't even know what to do next, and we've all been there, you get to that moment when you are at the basement of life. The worst thing that can happen, and I've been there. Maybe you have too. I bet you have. Everybody's got a story. place where you just feel meaninglessness, total disconnection. But you know what? Every story of revolution, every story of world-changing invention, every story of falling in love starts with that moment where somebody goes, you know what, something's got to give. The worst thing that can happen is you experience exactly the kind of meaninglessness that forces you to look at it in a different way and grow. That's awesome. There is a ground floor, but there's no limit to how far you can go and how far you can grow. It's so beautiful that there's, there's, there's no limit to this if we just get out of the way. And that's the story. The commandment is be smug. <laughs> Some people go to church just to feel right. Let's go to church to feel open and challenged. That's different. The Christmas story that we'll be talking about starts with that idea of, of the Immaculate Conception 
I don't want to steal my own thunder. I got a lot to talk about about that, but I will say right now that one of the ways to make that story your story too is to understand that this begins with me cleaning out, with me assumptions, with me being open. Thou shalt not be smug. Ask yourself, does my spirituality help me be open or does it help me close up? Does it help me feel right or does it help me develop a sense of wonder? Like I said, everything is use it or lose it. I don't have to know how this is going to go. What if I just do the next thing in openness? I love it that we can face this church that we have built together, that we are building together. And I can say something like, guys, this isn't complicated. I don't have any secret teachings. There's no special thing that we do. There's no secret handshake. I love that because so many churches are really sophisticated methods of preaching to the choir. Where there's a secret club and there's secret words and we can go around talking about how weird and mean everybody else is by being weird and mean. But here's the thing. We don't do preaching to the choir here. We all agree on certain things. But you and I know together, and if you don't know, I'm telling you now, that the, the, the end-all, be-all of this this process is not for you and I to pat each other on the back. The end-all, be-all goal of this is not even about us. The step here, if it's about a sharing metaphor, is to go change somebody else's mind. Go change somebody else's mind. Can I go inspire somebody? And yeah, of course I want you to bring people to church, but that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about show somebody what it's like to have a life where happiness is an option. Show somebody what it's like to have a life where fear doesn't have to be the way you get through the day. Show somebody commerce at work is not about how bad the job is. Go change somebody's life by just being a little bit more like the person that you've always been. That's the test. So many people, time, like I said, so many people wait for proof, but that's a real problem because here's the deal. Proof happened in the past. Proof is something you already did. You want faith. That's a future thing. And it's a real problem when I try to get past the future stuff. It's a real problem when I try to take a future thing and apply it to the past. It don't work that way and it leads to great unhappiness and you know it because you've done it and so have I and so has everybody. People wait around for proof, but it doesn't work. That's what I say. Be the proof. You want healing? Show somebody. Maybe you're not ready to just throw the medications in the, in the garbage. I'm not saying that. You want money? Maybe you're not ready to just... Bills. I'm not saying that. Although I have seen crutches pile up and I have seen unexpected windfalls and I will see them over and over and over and over again because God does not obey the laws of debt and absence and sickness. And you have to do a whole bunch of big old things. We're not parting the Red Sea today. Unless you really want to. <laughs> I'm saying, if you want healing, Stand up in a small way. When somebody says, oh, that sickness is just going around, be the kind of person who says and believes, it ain't going around me. Don't be a jerk about it. But don't participate in it. You should want 
But don't walk around in fear. You know, that's the balance. Be the kind of person that stands up in the name of prosperity and says, you know what? I'm catching this coffee. You can do that. Do something. Do something small. Do Realize that every hero's story is a story of return. So come on home to what you have always known. There's something powerful that you can do today. It doesn't have to be big. That hero's story. And every single moment is practice for what you want next. Ask yourself, with the way I carry myself, will I practice fear? Because you're going to get more of it. You want to get good. I'm really good at it. I practiced for a long time when I was a teenager. Black belt. Didn't get me anywhere. Got me scared. I practiced doubt. I practiced insecurity. I probably could get a certificate from somebody. Didn't get me anywhere. But I have also practiced love. I have also practiced these ideas. And I got a long way to go, don't we all? Because this is infinity we're talking about. For the way you talk and the way you think and the way you carry yourself, what am I studying? What am I practicing? Because that's what you'll perfect in, my, in your life. I like that song down by the riverside. I ain't going to study war no more. It's a deep. Maybe it's time to give up some things. Maybe it's time to practice some things. Maybe it's time to do some things. Because I know it's time to be free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening along to the services and being a part of this extended church family. I love the idea that it's not something that's bound by a particular physical location, although I want you to know that you're always welcome to come join us. Our street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's an amazing thing to be a part of this physical community. But one way or another, I want you to know that you're part of a larger family. And this meaning series that we're working on has to do with finding out what really matters in your life and making a life that matters for everybody. So with that in mind, there's all kinds of things that I want you to know about. There's all kinds of things to try and do that's going to make a difference in your life. And to find out more about the different homework and kind of things that we have going on, please find us on the web at waterandstonechurch.com. That's waterandstonechurch.com, all spelled out. And you can find uh, our address, service times, links to all kinds of things that we're doing, and most importantly, links to find us on all kinds of social media. We'll be posting a lot of movies and things on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to our newsletter, all of that. The two big important links are, once again, waterandstonechurch.com and at Waterstone Min, M-I-N, at Waterstone Min. That's where we are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So find us in those places. We'll be looking for you.